sounds more like recording in a toilet. We go in the cupboard. Powerlifting toilet. <laughs> powerlifting toilet. It's a powerlifting cupboard. Yeah, it tells you recorded in the toilet before way. <laughs> anyway, we have actually started recording. Okay, awesome. Um, so, we're going to reboot the podcast. We'll answer your questions. Probably talk some other shit as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, question one of the questions we've received this week. The purpose of a deload. What is the purpose of a deload? Well, the purpose of a deload um, is to just like, it's in a relax of training. You really like, um, my understanding of it is you train for a certain point of time and your body tells you it's time to relax. It's time to usher in a new block cycle of training. So your training frequency, the reps and the weight is a lot lighter than what you usually use to give. It's like a form of recovery to my understanding of it. Why have you gone all posh? I don't know. Uh, no, this is just... Mike. Yeah, probably. It's my phone voice. You don't need a code, need a code shift here. Oh, okay. It's typical also how like, as soon as we start recording, all the hammering starts happening upstairs. Yeah, I know, it's bullshit, um, coach works, guys. Yeah, so you can't go balls to the wall and train all the time, can you? Sorry. It just doesn't work, your body will clap out. But also, you can use deload strategically. Say you're working towards a powerlifting competition, for instance, right? You're not going to train super hard in the, the immediate period leading up to the competition because you won't perform as well as if you were to rest, let the body recover, and then hopefully super compensate out of that and do better in the competition. So you can use deload as a way of strategically planning to perform in a competition uh, and also just periodically resting your body. Um, there's different ways to deload conventionally in a more sort of linear periodization. You'll keep the, the load actually more or less the same and you'll take the volume down. Some people will deload the intensity as the load intensity as well as the volume. Um, and some training methods, like when we roll the conjugate, yeah. you can actually build the deload in with the variations. Simple example, dead simple. If you were been, say you were deadlifting every week, and I program in snatch lifts, snatch grip deadlifts in week four, for instance, right? Automatically, you can't lift as much weight because it's a new way it, of deadlifting as well. It's just a, it's a more it's a more difficult variation which has more less favorable leverages. So you're not going to be able to lift as much weight. So automatically you've deloaded that movement just by using variations. So there's different ways of deloading: volume, intensity, frequency, as well as technical aspects, or as you just covered now. Yeah, you got it. Um, on the same theme of deadlifts, what's the purpose of a deficit deadlift? Sure. The purpose of a de deficit deadlift um, by elevating the block off the floor, it allows you to pull it a little bit more weight. No, no, no. Sorry, deficit. As I mean, deficit. Oh, the bar is lower. lower. Be off the floor. Hmm. That will just help um, your pulling strength at the bottom of the deadlift. It, it, like the, the connection from your foot to your knee, it helps that it increases that range of motion yeah, so and holds strength the there. Right, and it makes things harder. It's hard off the floor. So the theory on it is that it builds strength off the floor because it makes you stronger down where it's really up for some people, right? The disadvantage, like anything which is not the actual lift itself, any variation, any secondary movement is, there's a mechanical change slightly. So it, it, 
you know, it can help. Some people can throw off the technique as well. So it's one of those things which should be used. There's always got to be a justification for why you use it. So most people use deadlift deficits to get stronger off the floor. However, use the caution as it is a longer range of motion. For some people, they have flexibility issues that prevents them getting down beyond the floor. Some people struggle just getting off the floor as it is. Um, and also a lot of that is also a technical issue with people not understanding to push off their feet where they're engaged from their like more of their mid-back and that's why we can see the excessive rounding and that also causes a lot of pain with the deadlift. Well, if you extend the range of motion, right, if you, um, yeah, if you extend the range of motion your technique's already not dialed in, the, the movement can be a bit more either overly bent over or overly squatty both of which are not desirable. So you do need to be careful when using variations that you don't do stuff that is too far away from the actual uh, competition technique. Oh yeah. Um, or I say competition, your conventional pull. Um, on also on that point, um, yeah. as long as you get the bar up in competition, so you can use different pulling variations, like different grips, different stances, is it as long as you get it up? Is that how the competition works in that regard? In a competition, so we're gonna put on a powerlifting seminar soon for um, for more details on how to order different competition things. Are you talking about, can you use different grips in competition? Is it what's legal? Yeah, what's legal? What's can you pull mixed? Can I pull hook and comp? Yes, so basically in my, so every federation has its own rules. Okay. Right? But in general, most powerlifting federations, no straps, you're allowed to pull with any grip you like, hook grip, mixed grip, no one pulls double over really because it's limited. Uh, so it's usually either mixed or hook grip. Okay, cool. Most people pull mixed grip because hook grip people find too painful. Um, the benefits of a mixed grip are it's, it's easier to learn less. And I feel personally it gives you more connection with the bar, yeah. so it allows you to just pull the slack out and lift more. So what's happening is the bar's rolling one way in one hand and the other way in the other hand, so it's kind of removing the limiting factor of a double overhand grip. Um, the drawback is potentially uh, it's asymmetric, so you can get issues over time, particularly around the bicep tendon. Some people tend to like bend their elbow a little bit on it, so there's a little bit more risk inherent with that over time. And with that grip, it also like a lot of rotation, so it could like impinge your shoulder. Yeah. So if you already rotated, say, a scoliosis situation, maybe pulling with a, um, a mixed grip is not additional desirable. risk. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's something you really chat with a medical pro. Um, and also with a hook grip, um, it's a bit more symmetrical, but most people don't have a hook, hook grip, which is where the thumb is covering, is covered by the fingers, the top part, the thumb digit. Um, usually that can be just as strong as a mixed grip, but there usually is a lot more pain associated with it until the nerves of the thumb dead and so the learning curves are a bit steeper there. And it's also quite technical as well because you have to learn how to pull it first. There is a technique, yeah. yeah. You can generally get up and running with a mixed grip a lot quicker. And the only reason why I recommend hook grip for a lot of people is because I come from weightlifting background, so I have that bias. But also it's symmetrical and if you start with it early, the pain thing on the thumbs becomes a non-issue. So. For people that want longevity and health, I think the whole group is a, is a, is a smart choice. Awesome. It's not for everyone.
right? So that's, you know, that's something to be discussed with your coach. Uh, on the subject of death, dead, deadness continuing, uh, someone asked the other day, I believe it was Marisha, you said, asked, why do we have the feet around about hip width apart when we pull deadlifts conventionally? Um, the reason being, if we have the feet out too wide, say shoulder width and slightly beyond, that's actually going to obstruct the hands, the arms, from being in a straight line. What then happens is you have to take grip outwards, which makes the line of pull longer, which restricts the amount of weight you can use. If you tried to have the feet, or the feet wider such that the legs was obstructing the hands, then the hands would be in front of the legs, which would then make the bar further away from you, which would be harder on the lower back, which would also limit the amount of weight you could use. Um, okay, so that's enough from deadlifts. Murray's chatting in the background, so I'm finding me in my own self think and so fucking loud. Um, final question of the day, someone asked, everyone always asks when are we getting merch? The answer is never fuck off. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, um, we've, Vanessa's kindly recently put us in contact with a merch supplier of quality that she's happy with. That's and I'll be, be sorting out the admin for that one. Kyle's going to be the lead on that project, so don't ever ask me again. Ask Kyle. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right, nine minutes, 23. That's not bad, is That's it? not bad Ten at all. Ten minutes on the dot. Yeah. Fucking Obviously, bad. we'll just get better and better with practice. And it's like, yeah. No, we won't. I'm sure we will. Stay shit for it. <laughs> Stay shit for it. <laughs> Episode one done. Bye-bye. <laughs>